Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is TL, and you are now on the front line. Stereo Podcast. This is going to be an interesting one, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give you information, but your boy is emotional. I got beat up last night on social media, all because I see things a different way. But that's okay. I got a microphone. What y'all got? We're going to talk about it a little bit. You know, TL is a firm believer that black people should be independent party voters in this political atmosphere. Why? Because both sides need us. They need our vote. And man, oh man, do I love black people. I'm telling you, I really do love y'all. We are an amazing group of people. But from time to time, we get led astray. I hate when people say bread to be led. But sometimes we show that we're bread to be led. We're our own worst enemy. We are no longer in an era that vote, voting straight Democrat is the thing to do or the best party of choice any longer. Voting is a transaction and transactions should net you something that's tangible. This is not an emotional situation anymore, people. Where you turn your transaction to, you turn it into a popularity contest because it feels good to beat the guy you don't like. You've heard me say, say no to Joe. Me saying say no to Joe doesn't come from an emotional perspective. It comes from his body of work. That has not only been racist, but things that don't provide me or my community of color tangibles. In no way when I say say no to Joe means I have an affinity for Trump because I don't. He's an idiot. I don't like him either. However, voting is not about who I like. I'm not sure where you get your information. Don't know where it comes from, but I want to talk about it. Y'all know what we like to do on the front line. Let's get y'all. Let's get y'all right up at the front line. And let's discuss the basic things that I want to answer today. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man. And I choose rich every fucking time. Yeah, I choose rich too. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems... I want somebody to drop this beat for me so we can talk about it. I want to answer some basic questions today. I'm going to ask you some and definitely communicate with me via Facebook, Frontline Stereo Podcast. And let's see where we go with it. I want to ask that first question. Where do we get our information from? We're way too emotional over informational people. Here's another question. Do black people vote against their own interests? I want to talk about it a ton more because I think we do. And what are we expecting to get from Joe Biden that's different from Donald Trump? Yeah, I said it. I don't like Biden. I don't like Trump. But I'd rather sit and wait another four years before I put another racist 70-plus-year-old white man in office. And I got, you know me, I'm not an expert. I got a person in here with me to talk about it. Y'all get ready. You're on the Frontline Stereo Podcast. So people, like I said, I'm no expert. I got someone in here with me because every time I pull out this podium and I start talking, it's okay. I'm one of you guys. You don't always have to believe me. I understand sometimes we can be a little bit of a crab in a barrel. So I bought someone on the show with me, a good friend of mine, a mentor, 
someone who's been in politics for 20 plus years, someone who's been in radio for 20 plus years. You guys know him as Don Miller. I know him as Don Miller, the ignorance killer. Don Miller, please say hello to all the Frontlines listeners. Hey, T.L., how you doing? Frontlines podcast followers. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I really appreciate that uh, you took the opportunity to allow me to sit here with you and uh, have creative conversation. That's what I want to call it. Man, look, I'm emotional. We talking about creative conversation. This is not creative anymore for me. I'm I'm upset, but however, being upset and being emotional is because I really care about the color of co the community of color. I care about our people, man. And sometimes I see us going against our own interests. So I want to ask a few questions today. And of course, like I said, I'm not an expert. That's why I bring polarizing guests to the front line so we can hear someone else talk about it. You've been in politics for over 20 years. You've been a person who has raised funds for both sides, Democratic and Republican. Mm -hmm. I just want to tackle some of those. I just want to tackle those questions. Where do we get our information from? Why are we so emotional when it comes to politics? Well, well, again, uh, I'll start with uh, what you're saying in terms of what, where do we get our information? Well, most of us get our information from pawns that have been presented in situations by the very propagandists that don't like us at all. Most of our information is provided uh, to us by people who are already controlled by the mechanism that has not only taken advantage of our vote, but has historically oppressed our communities. So our information is being provided to us by people who, at the very least, have the, black, the, the real interest of the Negro, the last, at least the lost, and the lonely in the society. Think about this. Let's go, who, who are the people who provide informations to the Negro in America? Let's start with the black ones that have significant audiences. I'm so glad you said that because... Okay. Let's start with Don Lemon. Oh, I, I was going to hit Don, Don Lemon. Who is Don Lemon? Don Lemon is that, uh, that, that telecaster on um, CNN. He comes out, he talks to us. Dude's worth what? Between one and three million dollars. Uh, no, $10 not at all. He's significantly. He has wealth. He has wealth. Okay, okay let's. Yes, say, he's yes. a black guy who and has he's paid wealth. handsomely, not only to represent the network, but to talk directly to the Negro. Well, listen to this. This is this is what kills me. This is why I asked the question about where do we get our information from? Because we'll take a person like Don Lemon, who's worth, I'll just say, one million between one and three million dollars. He'll get on the network and he'll talk about. He'll give you factual numbers. Trump, since we've been in, since Trump has been in office, unemployment has dropped for the black community and over 350,000 more people are working. That's a hard fact number. And then he'll go and then he'll call Trump a racist. And then that's all the black community hears. Here's the here's the opposite side of that argument. We'll listen to someone like Robert Johnson, um, owner or the founder of the Black Entertainment Network, BET. And he'll give you those same hard numbers, the same hard fact numbers where he says, Unemployment is down in the black community and 350,000 people are black people are, are working. But then he goes on to applaud Trump and applaud him for the tax cut that put more money back in, in the common man's check. And he's like, I'm happy. It's 350,000 people of my people that's working. And I got a tax cut to be able to provide more jobs. Now, Bob Johnson is a, a billionaire, a complete and utter billionaire. 
And rather than listening to the billionaire who's providing you a job, we go off and listen to Don Lemon, who states the same exact facts, but because he throw in there, Trump's a racist, we're going to ride that train. What is you, that about? You, you, again, this is very important that we have this conversation today because I can tell you uh, that, and, and, and Dr. Steve Marabelli, I remember so eloquently when he said these words, your opinion is not my reality. Hello. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Your opinion is not my reality. And we have to understand the difference between journalism and opinion. And when a journalist or an alleged journalist crosses into the opinion situation, then historically you are no longer a journalist. A journalist should be providing the news. I don't want to hear Don Lemon, the very wealthy African-American homosexual who has exploited his homosexuality as an African-American for gain anyway. Look, hey, we don't care. You don't have to come out on national TV. But that's a part of the conversation and a part, quite frankly, of the narrative. So let's, okay, so. let's move past Don Lemon. Who are the other people? Tom Joyners and the guys like that, these, these civil rights coons, okay? Okay. Who had opportunity to ask real questions. I remember I go back. You say oh, you talk about okay? Charlemagne all okay. the time. No, no, no. Listen to me. I, you, we, I go back. I go back to opinion. Your opinion is not my reality. Now watch this. Tom Joyner, the largest morning show in America at the time when Obama went to office. Okay. And they were going to interview him live from the White House. And I was like, oh, this ought to be interesting. The fact that the matter is not one of them had an ask of the president, first black president of the United States, as they interviewed him from the White House, was what is in line for the Negro in America, Mr. Black President. Those are the, I don't want you to laugh and joke or talk about how nice the house is, because we must keep in mind, TL, it is still the white house. house. You follow me? Oh, I completely and utterly so follow you. who are the people who are sent to provide us with information. Many of us listen on the radio to music when we're driving in, and they've taken these opinion-driven prognosticators in the morning and put them in our earwaves. They play us some music, and they give us ridiculous conversation. Joe Biden has a serious history of misdeeds toward black people in America. But what do you mean? I don't care how you slice it, T.L., Joe Biden's history under any other circumstances is a history that has not been good to black people in America. So you calling him a racist too? I'm calling Joe Biden an absolute member of the same white supremacist mindset that has oppressed the Negro in America. Listen, he has ascribed, he is a part of this conversation. But that's Obama's boy. He is not Obama's boy. It was brilliant by Obama to pick a guy who could win a region of the country that even as a light-skinned black guy who was articulate could not win. The mindset of white Democrats in that region is a different mindset. So I, just as we need the South, mm -hmm. there are certain parts of the country from a demographic standpoint that buy into certain things, okay? So racism in the Northeast is real and not talked about a lot. Okay. Racism and one of the most racist cities. I, I was called a, a nigger in Boston. Okay. As 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 many were <laughs> last year. Okay. 
I was called a nigger in Boston last year. So the point I make is Barack Obama selected Joe Biden for a reason. That, that, that's not a real relationship. And if you think, yeah, they probably like each other now, I'm sure. The fact of the matter is there's no friends in politics. Okay? <laughs> there's no friends in politics. That's true. Right? Very true. Very true. Okay? Think about this. Joe Biden went to serve in public office in the summer of 70. Okay. 50 years in the game. Joe Biden went to serve. This is the only job he's ever had. He's never done anything else. Okay. He's worked for the government and he's amassed a fortune as a 50 year government worker. 15, 20 million dollars. I don't know how the hell you do that. Cause I know some GS 14s who ain't amassed that, that level of money. fortune. Okay. With that being said, how did he do that? Okay. My point is this. He is a part of the same system. Well, this is this is what Kamala Harris was pointing out when she was on the stage. Everybody was whooping his butt when he was on the stage. But here's the thing. I wanted I wanted us to before we just beat Biden down to a pulp mm -hmm. and we beat this flea with a bat, uh, because that's what I want to do today. I want to I want to just talk. I want to go back. I want to I'm going to pull you back to where we get our information from. Pew did a study and I did some research and I pulled up this Pew study specifically. Black America is only represented 6% in the local and national news level. And that's where we get most of our news from. Most of, most of our information that we, that we retain comes from television so much that it's 41% of us believe that the media drives the conversation. And then I looked at that other number again, that I just, that I just repeated 6% of us are represented in the news and national television. If only 6% of us is represented, how is that our narrative? Again, again, it's bigger than that, okay? Who owns the media? Not us. There are probably five companies, maybe four, that own the media. They own every TV station. I'm so sorry to you. They own every TV station, right? Right. Five or six entities that control all of what you're getting. So... If these entities control what you're getting, the powers that be can easily go to these entities and say, this is what we're selling today. Right? Right. So here's, here's the thing. They don't, we don't control them. We don't, we, the powers that be can control what we say. That's the, that's like the blatant definition of propaganda. Mm -hmm. If I've ever seen it. Absolutely. Um, but there were, we have our own um, means of news and outlet, but the problem is you ever heard that term? Um, if you want to hide something from a black man, put it in a book. Mm-hmm. We have our own publications. Do you, we broke from Chicago. Do you remember the Chicago Defender? Absolutely. John Sinstack. It was the oldest and largest African-American newspaper in the country for many years. John Sinstack. See, I knew you would come in and have that level of history for me. So that's why I pulled it out. We have our own means of, out, of, of media, but here it is. We don't even pay attention to them or read them. There is, um, what's the, what's the, the station that's on cable right now? We don't even watch the, the black cable network or BCN channel. Um, they honestly are not giving us any news anyway, but here's the kicker. We watch all these p political, um, news outlets and they give us programming. That's not, that shouldn't be our assessment on how the world is. It's like we have this preconceived assessment on our communications based on the t on the on the TV that we watch but media has become the the biggest divider in my opinion the media has become the biggest divider because you got stations like Fox that's leans towards Republicans and you got stations like 
CNN that's leaning, they're supposed to be middle of the road, but they lean towards Democrat. And here it is now that they are leaning in their directions. And here it is. We trust the most so much that this Pew study that I um, reviewed when they did each ethnicity on fake news and how important it was on a scale of, they had like 11 different topics. And out of those 11 topics, fake having fake news or listening to fake news um, being an issue was like number eight on our list while Hispanic and white people have it like number three on their list. They don't want fake news because the information that they're taking in is affecting their reality. And here it is. When we take in this fake news, we sway our opinion and, and we don't even have the interaction in our own community anymore. That's how a Trump or a news media outlet or whoever is able to put us against one another. I think it was Candace Owens who even called them out by saying the Democrats are actually putting us against the Republicans more than a Trump is putting white people against black people. Am I right in saying that? Uh, again, Tio, when you talk about who is feeding us the information that we receive, you got to go down the list. When you say these names here, okay, Bloomberg, Murdoch, the Cox family, and Newhouse, almost... Almost 175 million Americans, closer to two probably, at some point in the day, listen or watch an entity of news provided by these names. Four billionaires, okay? okay. Cox, Newhouse, Bloomberg, and then you throw Jeff Bezos in, who bought the Washington uh, Post. And we all okay, you go down the list of these people. So the news that we get is the news that they want us to get, Okay. So why do you why should you if you're looking for real news, uh, African Americans, I, I, why don't you go look at the, uh, one of the European newspapers? You're probably gonna get better news from Al Jazeera or from uh, the Daily Mail or one of the European outlets. You're definitely not going to get anything of substance from an American outlet because just as you said, T.L., they're gonna lean a certain way. So that's like we said, propaganda at its best, people. They're going to lean a certain way. Y'all better stop paying attention, man, because we in trouble. This is what I talk about when we when I say we're in trouble. We're firm believers that the news is giving us the right information. We already know they're leaning and we don't even care about fake news. I get it. We got a ton of other problems to, um, uh, problems to deal with. No, I know we no, like no, say, no. T.L., listen, no? man. You cannot not care. And this is where the problem comes in. Okay. When we say one of our problems is greater than another. They're all at the same level. Typical example, the health disparity in the black community. Now people are saying, why are we dying? We've been dying. Yeah, that's there was not no coverage. It was not in a news cycle that was seeking spinoffs. You ever watch a TV show and the show is so good, then they come up with a spinoff when somebody on the show goes off to do their own show? Right. Okay. This is the black community, what we're seeing right now. The disparity in black people dying is a spinoff from COVID-19, okay? Mm. These are spinoff conversations, okay? Wow, black people only know all black people died in St. Louis. This is a spinoff. So you're saying we basically the Huxtables and, and we done went to a different world now. The, the, the point is COVID-19 is terrible. We get that. We're dying at an alarming rate. Why is anyone surprised that we are dying at an alarming rate. Guess what? Most black people understanding this situation, we are not surprised, but we are told to be in awe by the propagandists. 
We're told to be in awe by CNN. Wow, black people are dying at an alarming rate. We turn to our neighbor and say, did you know black people was getting this COVID and die? They was dying before, before this. this. Yeah, they were dying but before now then. it's a crisis because we're told that it's a crisis. It's kind of like the crack versus... Uh, crack versus uh, cocaine powder. Right. Okay? Or, or the, um, this opioid addiction. Yeah, same thing. Listen to me. Years ago, when my friends in my community and TL, your cousins and my cousins were on crack cocaine, and it was just a terrible plight. It was a challenge for America. But guess what? It really wasn't for America. It was for us because many people addicted to this substance were sent away to prison and locked up and put away, okay, because they were sick and they needed help and they had a substance abuse problem. But they got locked up. Over 400,000 people addicted to crack cocaine went to prison over a 12-year stretch. Now, let me just say this. When these little white kids get on these pills and do an armed robbery, many of them don't go to jail. They get help. What is the difference? Well, the difference is the zip code. The difference is the affluence. If you got some affluence, you can walk away from a lot of stuff. So that's a whole other conversation. But again, they become spinoffs of, what of the real situation. With. Yeah, what, what did you say? My... Um... Your, your your opinion is not my reality? Absolutely. Hey, man, Absolutely. look, frontline listeners, this is where I want you to go ahead and comment on the um, Facebook page. Let us know what you're thinking. Weigh in. Let us know um, how you feel about the conversation. Again, that's Frontline Stereo Podcast right on Facebook. I'm going to um, take a really quick break, and we're going to come back and turn the conversation on. Um, we're going to take the conversation in a different direction. So bear with me. And like I always say, it's a podcast. You're not going to notice anyway. Trump is saying and doing racist things. He's also implementing policies that are hurting and impacting negatively communities of color. I don't think Donald Trump is doing an awful lot to appeal to African-American voters. All the policy that he's put forward has been anti-people of color. We hear this all the time, people. The media gives us this all the time. Here's the, here's the question I want us to answer now. Do black people vote against their own interests? If this is the news that we're going to receive, if this is what our, our own people of color are saying, look, like I said, this is not a situation anymore where we have to vote straight Democrat. I think we should be middle of the road um, because they need our vote. We got black senators and governors and mayors and and um, House representatives. It's not like we march in a fight um, to vote anymore. Maybe felons are, are, are marching and fighting to vote, but we have those people in office that has an opinion. Here it is again. They're trying to sway our opinion and put us against a Republican party who might have some tangible interests for us, for black people. Look, we've written the Republican party off clean. They don't even come to us anymore. It's dumb for us to base our loyalties on a party that won't even come campaign in our States and our communities anymore. Hillary didn't campaign in our States and community. She took us for granted. And she paid dearly for it. I know y'all gonna talk about this popular vote mess. Y'all need to let that stuff go. Back to my point. 
we've had an undying loyalty to the democratic party. So un so much loyalty that they no longer even care. And here's our crux. That loyalty has written the Republican party off and they don't even care to talk to us. This stuff got to change Don. This is where I'm at. So let's answer this question, man. Do we vote against our own interests? I think to vote against one's own interests, one has to know what his own interests interest is, <laughs> what they are. You follow me? Yeah. And I don't think we know, we know what again, as you said in the previous conversation, we know what is being told to us by the media that we follow. We know what they tell us. Now, again, four to six billionaire white people in America own all the media. Okay. BET was owned and founded by Robert Johnson. Correct. But he sold it to a Jewish owned company and has only, I don't know if Deborah Lee is still there. She may be a consultant, but whatever we're getting on BET is controlled again by someone who doesn't look like us. So now you feel okay? beat up Robert Johnson. No, no, no. I'm not beating him up. I thought it was a brilliant move to sell the company at the peak. That's brilliant. Okay. What I'm saying is you got to know what your interests, what, what they are. Okay. Listen, a typical example. I know black Christians who speak in tongue. Okay. <laughs> but vote for Democrats who are leading and high level supporters of late stage abortion. Now, now, let's be clear. Mm -hmm. I know black Christians who speak in tongue, but support Democrats who support killing a child in the second trimester. Now, let's be clear with this. Is that, come on, why would you support that? I don't. That's why okay. I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> okay. Again, no, no, the really simple points. Okay. If we look, school choice Typical example, oh, if you live in an urban community, mm -hmm. your child should be able to go to any school that they can get to by means of transportation. Right. Not just the school in your urban community. Now, if you go look at this, this has become a Republican and a Democratic conversation. We need to know what our interests are to engage in supporting our interests or seeking someone to respect us. We continually vote for people who get there and don't vote for us. They don't. They're they not huh? on our team. That's why. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We got to know what, what who, who we can't allow the people who's been telling us who our friends are to continue to tell us who our friends are. You can't let your enemy pick your enemy. Man, they've been telling us for a long time that Democrats have have been helping us and helping us. And they put together programs that will continue to support us. Quite frankly, I don't want their help anymore. Not only has their help hurt us, wasn't in, in the early part of the 2000s, we made leaps and bounds in, in the political atmosphere, in the corporate atmosphere, and Democrats came in, threw all these crutches at us, threw all these uh, additional um, programs to so-called help the urban communities to the point where it's actually hurt us. We, we're, we're now continuing to look for the handout and my the educated people who most black people listen to like you you're one of the people that black people listen to like the uneducated black people they're listening to, to to the people with the degrees and the, the people with the 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 large opinions y'all gotta stop it 
y'all don't even have y'all interests together. Why do you want a handout anymore? Listen to this. In the history of the Negro in America, we have had, in the history of black people in America, we've only had 10 United States senators in the history of black people and their level of engagement politically in America. 10. Okay. Starting with Hiram Rebels, ending with the three current senators that we have right now. When Barack Obama went to the United States Senate, he was the seventh U.S. senator in the history of the Negro engagement in America. Prior to him, it was Carol Mosley Braun from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Prior to her, probably 20 years prior, it was the gentleman Edward Brooke from Massachusetts. We have to understand that when we look at the makeup of who is engaging on our behalf, Three U.S. senators now. First time in the history of this country we've had three United States senators. Senator from California, Senator Harris, Senator Cory Booker, who, be careful, black folk, when you love him, and go look what he did to <laughs> that New, New Jersey. Jersey city, okay? All right, the city he ran. Go look what he did. That's uh, You sold that down the road to Wall Street. But, again, the gentleman from South Carolina who is a Republican, okay, the problem is, how many of us know? Woman gets into a debate with me just recently, TL, mm -hmm. and she don't know a congressperson from a senator. Immediately, when you ask somebody that, or I'm going to give you guys a test, and I want y'all to do this, so you can't have ignorant-ass dialogue with ignorant-ass people. Who is your congressperson and who is your senator? You ask them that. If they can't give you that, then you don't talk politics with them. You That's can't. Simple. Who is your congressperson? Who is your senator? Matter of fact, who is your committeeman? Who is your alderman? If you can't, if you don't know that, don't talk to me about a presidential conversation that will not affect your life anyway. Local politics make the difference in how we live. So who is your congressperson? Okay, you don't know. Who's your senator? You don't know. Who is your city council person? You don't know that? Then I'm not having this conversation with you. They can't just name the mayor. Most of us can name the mayor. They can't even name the mayor. Well, most of us can. Like uh, you'll be well, some at of least them a, can. a meme will tell you about okay. a mayor. Some of them can name mayors because mayors are generally in the focus. But who is representing where you sleep at night? Hmm. And that's why you can't get into the conversation. Don't talk to me about Joe Biden because you heard about him in '07 when Barack Obama said, "Come join me." Okay, well, here, huh? here we go. You, you finna talk about Joe? Have Let's talk about, about Joe. Have you heard about Joe Biden before 07? Have you heard about Joe Biden before 07? Yeah, there were some things that were said about Joe Biden before 07. I know he's ran for president multiple times before and again lost. I don't know what black America's affinity is for people who keep losing and them thinking they can go against people who winning and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't win in their own individual race when it wasn't a presidential race. So, but you want to talk about Joe Biden. I, here's the other question that I wanted to ask that that's a burning, bleeding heart question for me, myself. What is the black community expecting from Joe Biden that's different from Donald Trump? Okay, uh, again, yes, there's going to be a great deal of commitment to the black community, okay, from Joe Biden, okay, than Donald Trump, okay? Joe Biden's going to say, I'm, I got y'all, I'm coming. Barack is, I talked to Barack this morning. He told me, go take care of those Negroes that I love the most. This yeah, is, that's what he okay, sold to the South. Okay, listen, you follow me? 
Joe Biden never came out as a real presidential contender because white folk wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> you got to listen now. Yeah, that go to trick right there. Because white people didn't vote for him. Hmm. Joe Biden, go look at who he's run against. Who who were the people when he ran for president prior? Joe Biden didn't come out because white folk didn't support him. Fast forward to now that we know him because Barack picked him up. Just know who, who you're dealing with and don't go out on social media. I encourage y'all to get off of social media and just pause your page until you go read something. Pause your page before you get on attack. Because I'm telling you, if you don't pause your page, somebody out there going to drag you. Okay? Like the young man on social media. To young oh, we man. had an amazing N- nice guy. dialogue. Yeah, but he, but I, <laughs> I had to drag him. You had to. What, what did you say? You said something to the respect of, do you know about Joe, Joe Biden's um, white supremacist history? No, no, I didn't call him a white supremacist. What you call I him? I said, do you know the history of Joe Biden's engagement to the Negro in America? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, thank you so much. Take care. I'm not, don't talk to me. Okay. Don't come for me unless I text you, okay? <laughs> Don't come for me, okay? I understand how this system works. I understand because I've taken the time and paid attention to how this system works. Okay. I think Joe Biden is a nice guy. I actually really like him. I, you think he's okay. a nice guy. I think he's a nice okay. guy, but I think currently he's losing his marbles, I, he, man. I think he's a nice guy, and I actually really like him. TL, you know I've met him, okay? Yeah. And I just think he's a nice guy. But I've thought a lot of former racists hmm. were nice guys. I sit at a table and drink with a guy who told me, Donnie, I love you all the time. But he say 40 years ago, he would have not loved me as much. TL, we sit at the table with people who come from that past. That racist. So I'm not yeah. saying that a racist can become a non-racist anymore. I'm saying a racist with power is a very frightening individual to me. Hmm. Would you call Trump a racist with power? Listen to me. I will call Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And I'll tell you why I don't, I don't think I'll, and I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like him. Okay. But I think I'd probably call Joe Biden a racist before I called Donald Trump a racist. Wow, that's a big statement. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, I got to hear this. That's a big statement, Don. Donald Trump has never in power taken his power and used it against the Negro in America. Listen to what I'm saying. Some people well, say well, that's well, up well, for debate. And they would have to present it to me. Donald Trump has never taken his power, his bludgeoning stick, and used it against the Negro in America. What about the what about the whole landlord slumlord conversation? Guess what? What, what did he have? Two thousand, three thousand, four thousand people that lived in his property, and yes, he probably exhibited racist behavior to those two thousand, three thousand, four thousand people. Guess what? Wait, you got to listen. I'm listening. Joe Biden, as a manager of power in America, as the chief officer, the ranking member, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Mm -hmm. authored legislation himself and his staff that sent 
four to 850,000 black men and brown men to prison over a period of time in America. We talk about oftentimes the prison industrial complex. We do. Where private prisons are taking over the prison system and we're going back into a mindset of slave type labor. This whole conversation was orchestrated and pushed through. Great, great read out there. Go read it. You're talking about Michelle, Michelle no. Alexander's uh, yeah, the, the new, Jim, new Crow. Jim Crow. Okay, go yeah. read. Go read, y'all. Secondly, there's documentation that says Joe Biden pushed Ronald Reagan to move on this crime bill, not the other way around. So we got to be careful. Now, could Joe Biden come to a point in his life where he looked back and says, you know what? Yeah, you know, I did some terrible things to black people, and I apologize. Right? Wait. He could. So prior to that crime bill against black people, there was a young black lawyer by the name of Anita Hill. Went to the University of Oklahoma and went to Yale to law school. And she was clerking for an appellate judge by the name of Clarence Thomas. Black guy. He was nominated to the United States Supreme Court to be the first Negro since Thurgood Marshall to sit on that podium. During his nomination hearings, attorney Anita Hill tells a story how she was sexually harassed by Mr. Thomas, Judge Thomas. So they had in this hearing, there were Democrats questioning these people and Republicans. Uh, it's, a, it's a judicial hearing. They want to find out who this person is. They do it all the time when someone's nominated and it's, in, it's public. So the Democrats are questioning this black Republican Supreme Court nominee, Clarence Thomas. They bring in this young lady who accused him of sexual harassment. She's a Yale law graduate, beautiful young African-American woman, brilliant. So the Republicans start to ask her questions. The Republicans on the Judiciary Committee, they're asking questions. And they're kind of punching her because she's, she's going after their Republican nominee, and she's registered as a Democrat, so they're kind of punching her. Are you doing this because he's a Republican nominee? Just kind of punching her, just punching her. He's a Republican. Right. But they all were being respectful in their questioning of attorney Anita Hill, all of them, everyone. Right. Right. In comes the chairman of the Judicial Committee to question Anita Hill, who's an African-American Democrat, Yale graduate, about the allegation of sexual harassment by Judge Thomas. All right, basically a scholar. Here comes Joe Biden, who's on her side, allegedly. Allegedly. Who is a Democrat, and she's a Democrat. And they're apparently going after this black Republican who's going to be a liberal on this bench. The way Joe Biden talked to Anita Hill, if you didn't know what party he was in, you would think he was a Republican racist questioning this young black woman. So that's, go find the list. Go listen to it. Yeah, that's because he is a racist. Okay, go listen to it. So guess what, people? A guy I couldn't get past the crime bill because I saw so many of my friends get caught up in drugs and, As uh, we all and mess up and went to jail based on the crime bill or three strikes. So I was mad at Joe Biden because at that point I knew who he was. And then this came along where on national television, 
He questioned someone who is in his party going after a guy, trying to block a guy who was not in his party, and he demeaned this young black woman. At that point, almost 30 years ago, I say Joe Biden can kiss my ass. Hey, look, <laughs> you, okay? you know, you said something interesting. You and said, I'm telling you right now. You said something interesting not too long ago about Joe I Biden. I will drink with you, sir, but I will never give you my currency, which is my vote. Hello, it's a transaction. And speaking of you not giving him, giving him his, your, your currency, we said Joe Biden ran for president three times, 1984, 1988, and 2008. In 84, he won one delegate. That's 0.03% of the population. Um, in 1988, he won two delegates. That's 0.05% of the um, population. Here, here's, here's the modern stat. 2008, Joe Biden runs for president again, and he won zero delegates. That's 0%, guys. You guys have propped up a guy who's known for losing, and not just losing by a little bit of a margin. This guy has, his record is 0.03%, 0.05%, and 0%. That's the guy that you're going to put up against a guy who who won all the delegates. And you wonder why I think it's, 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 it's silly to do so. On top of that, him being a loser, I don't know what the the affinity is with losers. It, you guys are getting excited about um, Stacey Abrams being his um, running mate or having fantasies and dreams about Michelle Obama coming in to um, be his his running mate and eventually take over because he's lost his faculties. That, that only only thing that tells me is that you guys believe he's lost his faculties too. If you think Michelle or Stacy is going to take over for him in the middle of his presidency. Listen, again, um, we have to be careful with the opinion conversation. Okay. Because... Bring me back to factual. People are going to present their opinion. Social media is opinion-driven. Uh, there's nobody taking the time or very few. Listen to me. A tiger don't lose sleep about the opinions of the sheep. Listen to me. I'm going to repeat that. I don't know where you get these things from, Don Miller. A tiger does not lose sleep worried about the opinions of the sheep. Bad look. I'm telling you. This Don Miller is fine. Look, that's why we call him Don Miller, the ignorance killer. Y'all can y'all can keep being ignorant if you want to, um, but like you said, if you don't know your own representatives, your your own Congress people, and you're trying to have a conversation with people who have been in this industry and in this business for twenty plus years on both sides of the coin, because as a black people, again, I think we should be on both sides of the coin anyway, because we've dealt with a system that has been fairly racist and built on uh, on racism whether it be a Democrat or Republican. Don Miller, I, I, I want you to close me out. I don't know what I can do to get my frontline listeners to, to pay attention. Look, if y'all want to hear Don Miller, we're in Orlando, and you can go to www.thedonmillershow.com and hear Don Miller um, continue the conversation on his show. Um, if you're local in Orlando, you can definitely turn on to WOKB 1680 and listen to the Don Miller show from time to time. Look, my, Don Miller is the person who put this microphone in front of my mouth. He gave me a chance. He said he believed in me. Um, I, I, I really do hope you guys believe in me bringing you some information. I, I keep telling you, you I might get emotional, but um, I'm more informational than I am emotional. And my thing is I get emotional about the information. It, it pisses me off that white people still winning. Um, it pisses me off that we don't know how to win properly. It pisses me off that we don't have a... Uh, uh, any interest yet or haven't formed a plan to to sway Democrats or Republican our way. 
this is where I think we should send a message. I, I'm not the only person who's out here saying um, black people should not vote for a year or or vote all Republican one year. We need we need a clear cut message to be sent to people. I think it was um, W. E. B. Du Bois that came and said in the soul of black folks that we we run the we run the the issue of 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 living that that double life when we succeed in the black community because there's a a group of people uh, a group of people that still think in the mindset of how we were raised but we're no longer there anymore. You gotta show your slip every time to me when you have conversations like that with me. Um, with that being said, I, again, Don Miller, I want you to go ahead and take us out. Thank you for letting me come in here. You know, everybody, you one of the few people that let me come in and sit by this microphone on a platform that they control. You know, it's wonderful to be on a platform that somebody else controls that's not trying to control somebody else. You know, the game is to be sold and not told. I totally subscribe to those streets that taught me who I am. They also taught me who to trust. And for those uh, out there screaming and hollering, one of the greatest lies that we've ever heard is popular opinion. How often do we hear popular opinion says, popular opinion is the greatest lie. The fact of the matter is, before you type on those keys to engage in social media, before you tweet, before you Instagram, before you get into a conversation in your workplace, before you look at someone at a restaurant that's holding a newspaper and engage them in a conversation, before you get involved at Christmas holiday in a back and forth about a discussion with the ones you love the most, try being informed instead of opinionated. Thank you for having me, T.L. And with that being said, Frontline listeners, you can now bag up off the front line. Thank you guys for listening. As usual, go off to Frontline Stereo Podcast on Facebook. And yes, now you can find us on all your podcasting outlets, iTunes, as well as Google Play Music. Have a great day, guys.